Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. This is Christine Guthrie here, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. Welcome. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Today, we're welcoming Morgane Segura, bar manager at Olive and Oak in Webster Groves. Morgane is a new and notable bartender in the St. Louis scene, recently gaining attention from various competitions and also having an article written about her in the RFT. In addition to being a very talented drink slinger, Morgane also talks about some fun hobbies she has, including doing professional makeup, both on herself and other people, and also about collecting lapel pins, of which she has a very cool collection. If you visit her at Olive and Oak, you'll be able to see it. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy our conversation with Morgane Segura. Everything's great. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for coming over. Yeah, it's really nice. good to see you. Um, what's this jug you brought me? So what do you I would, do? I just have a growler. Uh huh. The classic morning drink for uh, Charlie and I is perfect. Is a beer mosa. So I went. Yes. Um, I don't know. We live pretty close uh, to the the Schnucks there in the Hampton Village, uh-huh. which is. Killing it. I got to speak with the beverage manager there this morning. Yeah. His name is Rhett, and he's like, it, he's just got such awesome selection going on right now. Nice, nice. So I went in looking for Miller High Life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, the champagne of beers is best for mimosas. Indeed. Like, yes, indeed. Um, but then I, like, he had me taste through a few things, and this one is something I never would have picked. And mm-hmm. it's the Civil Life Cream Ale. And mm-hmm. I did not expect it to taste anything like it does. Yeah. And I think it will be great with orange juice. Okay. Let's do it. And the other thing that they have um, that I had to get, they were almost at the end of their keg, was the Action Bronson 7000 by Stillwater. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Really? No. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. So I got. I had to get a little crowler of that. <laughs> Have you seen these? No. They're awesome. Oh um, they can keep up to forty-five days. They basically seal like they pour it on tap and then seal it. That is nuts. Um, they wow. put some kind of gas in there to keep it. I don't. I wow. should have asked more questions. Yeah. But it's it's an awesome sour. Mm. That's a collaboration with Action Bronson, the rapper. Nice. Yeah. Wow. The keg was almost empty, so I just got the rest. Go for all of it. Yep. Um, and then we have our Simply Orange Juice Pulp Free. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. This is the best way to start a day. Totally. Good morning. We're recording. We don't usually record podcasts in the morning, but it's the morning now, so <laughs> we have that excuse. 
Cheers. Good to see you. Mm. Yeah. Okay, now we can work. Yeah. Now we can do our thing. <laughs> now we can get to business. <laughs> I don't feel so bad about it because we're going on vacation starting tomorrow. Are you? So just think of this as the beginning. Where are you going? <laughs> we're going to go to Salt Lake. And then Las Vegas. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I've never been to either. I haven't either. So. Oh, very cool. You're, you're flying out there, I take it? Mm-hmm. Very cool. That should be fun. How long mm-hmm. are you spending in those cities? I think we're in, um, we have four days in Salt Lake and mm-hmm. Park City. We're hoping to go down to High Life Brewing, or Distilling, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, like, I really like their, um... They have the Boo Rye, which is a mm-hmm. bourbon and rye blend, which is one of mm. my favorites. I really enjoy that. Very nice. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get a tour in there. And then we have two days kind of with nothing, mm-hmm. which we'll use to drive to Vegas. Yeah. Maybe go to the Grand Canyon. Nice. And then uh, we have two days in Vegas, which yeah. I'm told is more than enough. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. That's what I hear, too. <laughs> That sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very nice. Um, Morgane, tell everybody listening, who are you? So I'm Morgane Segura. I'm the bar manager at Olive and Oak. Um, I like to make cocktails and organize things. So <laughs> it's kind of the perfect place. Oh, perfect. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've been there for... Uh, about two years now, mm-hmm. and I, I like love working there so much that I convinced my husband to work there with me, mm-hmm. so we are now, um, we kind of co-manage both Olive and Oak and the sister restaurant, the Clover and the Bees Bar Program, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't realize that it's it's got a bar, that it's open at night, but yes. it does, uh-huh. and we are, mm-hmm. so come and drink. Totally. Get your booze, booze going mm-hmm. on in Webster Groves. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, had you been at other places before Clover and the Bee and Olive and Oak? I worked at Moonrise. Okay. I worked, um, yeah, so I worked there. I moved to St. Louis uh, like three and a half years ago now, um, and I didn't have a car or any money. Mm-hmm. All I had was my parents' attic bedroom. So I stayed up there and found a job at the closest place I could walk to, oh. which was the Moonrise Hotel. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I would walk, walk, it was only like two blocks, so I don't know why I'm being dramatic, but I walked all the way uphill to the Moonrise Hotel. (laughs) Um, yeah, and, uh, I got to work with Charlie Martin, um, Seth Wallman, Nick Openlander, a bunch of really awesome, like, just industry, industry people who Mm -hmm. taught me so much. Yeah. That I didn't even know I needed to learn. Yeah. Um, and I started there as a bar back, and I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to do more of this. Yeah. The place is really underrated. Yeah. There are some really talented people mm-hmm. who went through there. Yeah. If yep. you talk to, like, I, it's always amazing to me. I was just down um, in Kentucky and Louisville for Camp Run Amok, mm-hmm. and I ran into, like, three people who had worked at Moonrise. Really? Like, passing through St. Louis. Wow. Or, yeah. Mm. And, like another I went to pop fest a few years ago mm-hmm. and ha- like half the people in Kansas City have spent a couple of days working at Moonrise or yeah. at least huh. drinking there so yeah. it's really kind of like it's a good starting place 
Mm. If you're looking to get in the industry or make connections, then it's a really cool place to work. Mm. And the clientele is a lot of industry. Yes. It's a fun place to work. Mm Mm-hmm. So you started as a bar back, and Mm -hmm. then did you start kind of working your way into doing more there? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of decided within my first few shifts as a bar back, like, I want to learn how to mix these things together. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, um, a little background, my parents are both really, um, I don't know how to say this, they're both really big drinkers. (laughs) In a really positive way. They're really well-known in the industry. Exactly. Yes. But even since, um, even since I was young, like, my dad would take sommelier classes and bring home, like, a bunch of spices and make us spit, or, like, taste and spit wine and then smell, try to pick out which of the spices were in the wine. And, um, I've been, like, bartending for my parents Mm -hmm. since I was really young. Nice. Um, and... I've always enjoyed it, so Mm -hmm. it's, and then I always, like, worked kind of in the industry, so I was serving or busing or I worked in the kitchen for a a few years, and I really enjoyed that, Um, but something that was missing for me and all that is, like, this um, relationship with a customer that I don't think you can get in any kind of field other than a bar. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get the table regulars that you get. If you're serving. Totally. You get a completely different kind of relationship. Um, And I think I kind of saw that with some of the bartenders at Moonrise. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that myself just sitting at bars with people. And I wanted to, like, curate that experience for other people. Mm, Totally. Yeah. I I mean, as most people know, you guys probably know, if we have the option when we go to a place, Charles and I will sit at the bar Mm -hmm. um, if it's open. And just, he, he, as he says, it's... Kind of like when sitting at the bar, it's the nerve center of the restaurant because the bartender, yeah. they're not just mixing your drinks. They're hostessing, they're taking orders, they're serving, they're, they're, they do so much there. And so the bartender, uh, they have a lot of stuff to do mm-hmm. and to show off what the restaurant is actually about. Yeah. It's like we get to throw a party every night. That's yeah. That's what we say. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's... Um... I think that that's a really cool way to look at it, and it gives me a good perspective, like, getting prepared mentally for a shift, like, right, this isn't about me or whatever I'm doing, this Mm -hmm. is, I'm throwing a party, and I'm gonna have fun, even if I'm having the worst day of my life. Nice. Nice. Which can be difficult, but, like, like I said, it's not about me. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Just gotta make it happen. Yep. Totally. Um, how did the bar manager at Olive and Oak, how did that position come to you? So when I started working there, uh, the previous bar manager, Chelsea Little, had just moved to Colorado. Mm -hmm. So there was kind of like a vacuum of responsibility going on. And there were a lot of things that were happening that were like, why do we do this? Oh, I don't know. That's just how we do it. And or like, who's coming up with these cocktails or who's what's what's going on what's the what's the organization and I I don't do well with that kind Mm of everything being up in the air I definitely like a good structure Mm -hmm. so um I just kind of started like organizing things and Mm -hmm. then asking Mark Hinkle my my boss like what can I do to make this easier on you because he had started to open up um he started to open up the sister restaurant, the Clover and the Bee, and he had so much 
going on that it was like I want to help you mm-hmm. so just tell me what I can do to help you um so I started like doing smaller like little things like making sure the walk-in was clean and organized and everything was in rows um and then just started doing more and more and um I still hadn't come up with like a cocktail I was really anxious to like creatively express myself that way and Mm -hmm. I was really unsure like if somebody sends this back am I gonna cry like (laughs) I was really anxious to come up with like a cocktail Mm -hmm. and like I I just decided one day I was gonna do it I don't Mm -hmm. know um and I it was just a riff on a corpse reviver number two with dry curacao and um basically a lot of stuff that we had too much of Mm -hmm. and like everybody really liked it and it was and it was a really cool feeling to like let my guard down like that and and just trust myself to to trust my flavor Mm -hmm. trust trust my taste yeah Mm -hmm. and it's clear I guess so that was about two years ago Mm -hmm. so you've gotten a lot more confident yeah since then (laughs) kind of getting into your position everything's nice and organized yes as, as you yes. as you said um if someone has never been to Alls and Oak what's it like what could they expect on their first visit so Alls and Oak is busy most of the time it's really busy mm-hmm. so um we do what we can to to get the best experience to the customers even like if you have to just maybe expect to wait a few minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> but come in um we'll get you a drink as soon as we can this is more of like a place where you could go and hang out for two hours not necessarily a 20 minute dinner mm-hmm. so I guess I would say expect expect to relax and expect to be a member at a party yes like, um come in have a drink and we have a 12 seat bar and then like, we can have the capacity to sit about 70 people, so it's still a small restaurant. Um, I would, yeah, I would start with the steak tartare. I think it's mm. really good. Have you had our steak tartare before? I don't know that that's been on the menu when we've been there. Mm. I'm not sure. Mm. It's so good. We have awesome oysters that we have yes. sent in daily. Mm-hmm. Um I would talk about happy hour, but I don't think I need to promote that anymore. <laughs> we are busy enough. Yeah, it's 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 really popular. Um, like it's amazing to me when we're too deep at a bar and there aren't many other like people are specifically waiting for the bar instead mm-hmm. of tables. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think the first time that that happened, it really surprised me. Yeah. Um, we always kind of organize our entrees and our cocktails based on what's fresh and around us. We have a garden <coughs> at the school behind us. Oh, cool. Um, so we get some stuff from there. Nice. Then we have, uh, we have a couple of local gardeners that help us um, with, like, they'll bring in, like, a gal- or a couple gallons of basil. They'll bring mm. in just a bunch of stuff, and then it's a really cool, creative... Um, experiment to like come up with a cocktail and a food pairing Mm -hmm. like I don't do the food pairing but it's it's exciting to come up with something to use that much of stuff Mm -hmm. like 
and then it always sucks when it runs out because you start to really love the thing that you make. Yeah. But it, that's that's something that I really enjoy about Olive and Oak is like, we don't do a seasonal cocktail menu. We do like incremental changes based on what we have. Nice. Um, so that's just basically guaranteeing you that the food is fresh and that the drinks are fresh and that we're constantly like pushed to, to think of creative things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, now this is something I think is kind of interesting on the drink menu at mm-hmm. Olive and Oak. Um, it's probably the case at other restaurants, but n- really none that I've seen in St. Louis. Talk about how the drinks are named. So we only number our cocktails, and that was something that was set up by Chelsea Little. Um, I think I, I never had the opportunity to work with her, so I don't necessarily want to speak for her, but the story that I hear goes like, she basically had this book of cocktails that she did not want, she didn't like to name them. Mm-hmm. So, and the way that they were organized was just by number. Um, and then when they went to roll out the first menu, she they, they did a few, like, themed menus. So, one of them that I know of was the Gilligan's Island theme. Mm. So, all the drinks were named after one of the characters of Gilligan's oh, cool. Island and inspired by them. <clears throat> But after that, it was like, I don't, I just, gonna I'm going to put the numbers on the menu. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of become iconic, and it's also really nice to not have that to be an extra yes. thing to think about. Totally. So, I don't know, um, like, if I have a bar in the future, I probably would name my cocktails, but I don't know that uh, I would, I'm not going to complain about not having to do it now. Totally. <laughs> just take, takes out one one other yeah. creative thing yeah. you gotta do and, and so at any time the menu it's not like um numerical they're kind of all spread out so mm-hmm. you, you also pick and choose from past drinks correct um the number system now has no relation to the book that chelsea created. okay right now it's like all right what is the number that we don't have Currently, like, okay, we have a one, we have a two, we have a three, we have a four. All right, how can we fit this new cocktail? Or um, we try to do, like, if we have a cocktail that's inspired by another cocktail bar, we, like, use their area code. Or we use, like, we had the 314 on the menu for a while. Mm -hmm. It was a riff on Ted Kilgore's Industry Sour. Mm. So we wanted to, like, to to show off the St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So... 314, um, I don't, yeah, well, a lot of times it, um, we just throw out a number. We try not to think about it, because honestly, there are points in which it is really hard to come up with a number, which is so ridiculous, Mm. but we, like, name something and we're like, no, that was, that's the same number as a cocktail, it's already, or it's one digit off, or, Mm -hmm. but. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, all right. And then uh, another thing interesting about Olive and Oak, you, you touched on this a couple minutes ago. So your husband works there too. Mm-hmm. And you got you got married recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I would kind of call you maybe one of the, the new power couples, and mm-hmm. industry power couples in St. Louis. So t- tell us about your husband. So when I started bar backing at Moonrise, he was one of the managers there. Um He's been friends with my family, with my parents, for, like, seven years. Mm. Um, and 
we always fight about when we met because, um, <coughs> when I, like, I just turned 21 and I was back in St. Louis for, um, we were headed down to Tails, so I, like, I stopped through St. Louis. I was living in, in Vermont and going to college at the time. So I stopped through St. Louis, and there were a few cocktail um, competitions going on. My mother was a cocktail photographer, so I was her second at a uh, a gin competition at the Central Table. Mm. And um, Charlie was competing, and I took pictures of him. And we met, and we talked for a little while. Um, but he doesn't remember any of that. So <laughs> that's where the contention begins. Um <laughs> Then, I guess, when I moved back to St. Louis, um, like I said, we lived a few blocks from Moonrise, so before I even started working there, my parents and I would go up there. We would go, like, for dinner or just drinks up on the rooftop, and I think it was the Hawaiian shirt party that they threw a few years ago that Mm -hmm. we actually, like, met. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so he was managing there at the time. He started there also as a bar back, like, five years prior. Uh, he actually, he was a banquet server, and he mm. had kind of that same, um, that same realization that there was more to, like, the career than just serving drinks. There mm-hmm. was something that could be more fulfilling, or something that could be really fulfilling about this profession. Mm-hmm. So, he and I kind of had the same path where we're like oh I want to do this and then within a year we're like make it happen Mm -hmm. so yeah we got we started working together on Thursday nights and we like kind of started dating and didn't tell anybody for a long time and yeah it was it was great it's always been great to work with him because I feel like we've always had this connection where we don't necessarily have to verbalize what we need but we can um like, we can understand each other, and based on, like, what we're doing, we know how to move around each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after after a while of, I was working at, at both Moonrise and, and Olive and Oak, and it was a really exhausting summer. Yeah. Because Moonrise doesn't close until 3. No. Mm-hmm. And you get home a lot of times when the sun's up, mm. and you're not always that sober. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, to get off work and get home at 8, and then to be at Olive and Oak to work mm. at 2, mm. that was a little bit exhausting, and I got to the point where I was like, what do I want to do? Do I want to work at a restaurant, or do I want to work at a 3 a.m. party bar? Mm-hmm. And it, it was um, fairly easy for me to make that decision like I think for me it's a healthier lifestyle to have more regular hours Mm -hmm. and then it took about eight months to convince Charlie to um to come to Olive and Oak Mm -hmm. and also to convince Mark and Jen that we could work together as a couple Mm -hmm. um we have a lot of couples at Olive and Oak though really yeah Mm. um like the two we have two husband and wife teams that own the place yeah we have, um, like, a bunch of our, a lot of our servers are together and married. Or, mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's ever caused an issue. Mm-hmm. The people who work together there who are married are, like, really good at 
they like they've we've all worked together first and then become involved yeah and I think that's a really special relationship and it kind of accelerates I don't know I feel like I've known Charlie for decades mm, interesting yeah mm. <laughs> That's what it was kind of like with my Charlie when we really? met. Yeah, we actually, we, we started dating three months after we met, and then we were engaged three months later. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was just kind of very comfortable. Yeah. Like it's, you know, you just kind of fall into a relationship. It's like, oh, I've, I've known you for decades, mm-hmm. as you said. Yep. Sometimes you're lucky enough to meet a person like yep. that. I understand. And it's awesome. And it's awesome to spend, like, we don't have to... We don't have to, like, plan out the time that we spend together because mm. it's already scheduled for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is important to us, too, to have some time together outside of work. hmm And also to, like, leave. Once we leave work, we're like, we don't want to talk about... There are obviously times where we disagree on things at work. Mm-hmm. And it's important to address those. But then it's not important to have them keep coming up yes. or keep, keep them... Or keep, bring them home at all. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yes, it can be. Uh-huh, I understand. So what do you guys, what do you do either as a couple or what do you like to do when you're not at work? We just go out. Yeah. We just go to eat. We travel. We travel to eat. Like, we planned this whole elaborate trip to France around a meal that Charlie wanted and, and yeah. outside of Lyon. And I remember Sancho. that. That was last fall, mm-hmm. right? So what, tell, it was a long trip, right? It was. So we tell spent, us about your European vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had, um, we had started to plan like our wedding and kind of decided that we wanted to take a pre, we wanted to, not that this was our honeymoon, but we like, we didn't want to go and necessarily sit on a beach for a week. We wanted to do something like engaging and, and crazy and, and kind of ridiculous. So mm-hmm. we, we, um, <clears throat> We planned a month-long trip to hit New York, London, Paris, um, and Lyon, and Chicago. Mm. So we went, like, we went out every single day. We went, and it was just so great. Like, we had some of the best food, some of the best drinks. Um, We went to, some that come to mind are Dandelion in London, Mm -hmm. and that like, really inspired us to come back and really think about how, what we're wasting, like, what we're doing with our, our fresh juices once they are past prime, or, like, what we're doing with the pulps, what we're doing with just how can we reduce the amount that we're wasting on a daily basis, because mm-hmm. dandelion, they don't, they use, um, every single part of a fruit if they, if hmm. they choose to use fruit but they also use like a lot of um, citric acid and and different chemical components to help make the drink balanced without without using um without wasting any fruit Mm. so that was a really cool thing to see um then Maison Trogo which is the um three Michelin star restaurant and outside of Lyon we, Charlie saw it on Anthony Bourdain's show, like, forever ago, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm gonna go there, which 
is crazy. It's in the middle of nowhere. Mm. It's it's a really um we like we almost didn't make our reservation because we didn't speak enough French to call a cab. Like oh. <laughs> like we were really grateful to have um we were staying in an Airbnb and the guy who managed it he he was a like a tech guy who spent half of his time in San Francisco so he was able to help us like oh, wow. get get where we needed to go, but we really were, were like, I don't even know how to, we were not prepared for France, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what's cool about going to the smaller towns, is like, you're in it, you're Mm -hmm. not, you're not, um, even if the people did speak English, they might not help you. (laughs) It is truly an adventure. It is, it Uh is. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it. And then we went back, um, when we were in New York, we got to go, uh, the, the aviary just opened up Mm. and we got to go there on the opening weekend and that was really cool. Got to hit, um, Dead Rabbit, Employees Only, uh, Death and Company, Amori, Amargo. We went to so many bars. (laughs) It was great. It was our research and development trip. Yes. Um. Yeah, it was so much fun, and then we uh, we went to the aviary in Chicago on our last day, oh. and we arrived very um, exhausted and jet-lagged mm-hmm. for our 9 p.m. reservation after enjoying um, maybe one too many cocktails at three dots and a dash. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we went into our eight-course chef's tasting, oh, Lord. and I... Um, we lost our credit card. I don't know how we were at the airport the next morning. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even, it was all a flash. So we were staying at Longman and Eagle in Mm -hmm. Chicago and that was so cool. I would love to go back and spend like a few days there Mm. and really like experience. Um, I didn't even really get to go down to the bar, but yeah, it's a really, it's a really awesome bar. Nice. I didn't need to go down to the bar. <laughs> Charlie went down to the bar. Yeah. And that's why her credit card's gone. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Just blame it on him. Yep. No. I'm sure his intentions were good. Oh, they were all good. It was yep. all funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I remember living vicariously through the photos that you guys posted. And, yes, it was pretty amazing. So, it was a month-long trip? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. How Ooh. long did it take you to plan that? So, I was lucky. We... Um, I have family that lives in England. Oh, cool. My aunt lives over there. Nice. So, um, a lot of, like, the, like, what we would have normally had to plan, which is, like, the, where are you going to stay every night? Yeah. That was, um, that was not really an issue because we would just stay at her house and Mm -hmm. then take a train. She lives in the south of, south of England, so... Mm -hmm. We would um, stay in Kent and then take the 30-minute train up to London. Oh, cool. Then um, they had, like, a 1 a.m. train home mm. or back to Kent, so we would take that. Um, but it was the last one, so if you missed that, then, oh, yeah. then you're stuck <laughs> and you're getting a hotel. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it mm. did take a while to plan, like, all the little stuff, though, once we were a little bit more, um, like, the time we spent in France... And, um, Chicago. Charlie really likes to do that kind of stuff. And really? so do I. So yeah. it was, yeah, he's, we're both kind of planners. Oh, nice. Um, 
but we have totally different travel styles. Mm. So Charlie wants to show up to the airport 10 minutes before the gate closes. And I want to show up two hours before because who knows what could happen. Like, there are just so many very, I'm a little bit, like, controlling like that. I just (laughs) want to make sure that I'm in charge of the situation. Yes. Whereas Charlie's ready to have the situation be in charge of his experience, which is good. I'm jealous of his, (laughs) um, the ability to, like, kind of just deal with stuff as it happens instead of feeling like you need to to control how stuff is going, mm, but yeah, he balances me out that way. That's good. That's good. That's important. Mm-hmm. Important partner to find mm-hmm. in that in that respect. Uh, I was gonna ask. I was just gonna throw some more random questions at you now. Yeah. Not related to industry necessary or restaurants or bars. Do you have any interests or hobbies about yourself that no one would ever suspect? Um. I really. I like to do makeup, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know if people would suspect that, probably, but mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I want to do in this, this coming year is start, yeah. like, consulting. I have, um, doing wedding, or makeup for a wedding next oh, month, wow. so yeah. I'm excited and anxious, Yeah, but in a positive way, um, I'm excited to start doing that, and, um, hmm. What else? I don't know. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty just open. Yeah. <laughs> what brought on your interest in makeup and beauty? Um, Have you always been that way? I don't think so. I think, um, I think when I started to, like, cut my hair shorter, I felt at some point that I needed to, like, do something more dramatic mm. with makeup, and then I kind of realized that that's not... Like, that doesn't, it's not necessary to, like, balance that out Mm. with femininity. Like, I can have my hair short and not wear makeup and still be feminine. Yeah. But I think there was a little bit of a struggle for a little while. Mm. But it's also one of the reasons that I started to, um, like, get into makeup was I used to do a lot of art. And, um, first, it's expensive and it takes up a lot of space. So, I think I like allowed and time like Mm -hmm. I think I allowed myself to do makeup because it's an expression of that art that I can do in like 20 minutes every day Mm -hmm. or or if I want to do a bigger project I can do like I like to do um like cuts and scrapes and I can spend two hours making it look like real Mm. or I can spend two hours making sure my blending is perfect on my sunset eyes Uh uh-huh and it's a good way to, like, meditate, and, um, and it's, like, fun to wear, too. Mm. It's fun to go out and, like, just have something a little bit different, like a different pop of color. Yeah. It's a nice accessory. Nice. So you do, you do it on yourself, but you also do, will do it for others. Yeah. Cool. hmm Where's your preferred place to shop for makeup? I go Ulta and Sephora. Okay. But I also, um... I like to shop a lot online, mm. which is dangerous. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it can be. Mm-hmm. So, but also shopping at Ulta and Sephora is dangerous, yes, too. Yes, it can so be. Uh-huh. It's just all dangerous. Right. Do you have any particular products that you swear by? Um, right now, I would say the 
Mm, the Kat Von D contour palette. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that that one's really good. It gives like, um, especially when I'm working, I get sweaty. Yeah. So it does a really good job of like mattifying without feeling like heavy. Mm-hmm. So it just gives a really nice look for any setting spray. Any kind of setting spray is mm. just so necessary. Yeah. Okay. I started um, getting into like. I guess more uh, high-end palettes like uh, Natasha Denona. I have her Sunset palette, which was I think that's like the most expensive set of eyeshadow I've ever. It was like a hundred and forty dollars, and I wow. like I spent a lot of time thinking about it and a lot of time trying it on at Sephora. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's like the quality shows. So I would definitely recommend like it's like a good pair of jeans mm. it might be more expensive in the as a startup cost but then the return that you get from it is yeah. just definitely the quality is there okay all right i'm not familiar with that <laughs> i will have to look it up though 